listening to Smart Casual, Image's first fashion podcast in partnership with Kildare Village. Hi everybody and welcome to this live recording of Smart Casual here in the very festive surrounds of Kildare Village. Um, my name is Dominique McMullen and I am the digital editor of Image Publications and co-host of Smart Casual. For those of you listening at home, as this is a live recording, it's going to be a little bit of a different format this week. Um, my colleagues Marie Kelly and Neva Donahue are having a very well-deserved morning off this morning, um, as I am going to be interviewing Amory O'Connor and Indy Power uh, live here at Kildare Village in front of a lovely audience who are being very quiet and well-being. <laughs> uh, as I'm sure everybody's already aware, um, Kildare Village is our fabulous sponsor, and they have been generous enough to give us the surrounds of Kildare Village this morning in which to record this podcast. I know I, for one, will be heading off for a touch of shopping the minute we're finished. Um, so on that note, I have some great news that the very exclusive private sale for Kildare Village is taking place this Saturday, the 10th of November and running through to the 18th. Um, so I can reveal that exclusively to you. And on top of that, if you sign up for the privilege card, you can get an extra 20% off. Um, so listeners at home, if you go to kildarevillage.com forward slash register. And our guests here today, we have Deborah floating around with an iPad. We will sign you up right here today. So, now that we have the housekeeping out of the way, I can introduce our two fabulous guests. Uh, Anne-Marie O'Connor is the walking definition of an Irish-style maven, with two books under her belt, The Happy Closet and The Happy Medium. Anne-Marie has truly helped Irish women come to terms with their wardrobes um, and continues to inspire through her journalism and her writing and her styling. It's strange me saying this looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Anne-Marie helps people declutter uh, their wardrobes and indeed their lives using mindfulness techniques that actually work. Indie Power is a food writer and a food blogger and has a best-selling book called Little Green Spoon and has also just released an app of the same name, which is fabulous, I can recommend to you all. Um, Indie has played a significant role in the healthy eating movement, um, which has taken Ireland and indeed the world by storm in recent years. So thank you both for coming. Thank you for, thank having, you us. for having us. Yeah. Um, so I suppose I'd like to get started by talking about Kildare Village's recent campaign that you were both faces of, Your Style, Your Way. How did that feel? Do you want to tell us about that, Anne-Marie? It felt great. Um, it really... I think aligns with my own values. I was very flattered and very honoured. I think not least because I'm 45 and I've always dressed for myself and not for my age. So I felt that um, it was very flattering for me as an individual, but also it was an opportunity for me to redefine what middle age looks like. Mm. And you've also recently just signed up to a modelling agency at the age of 45. <laughs> How does that feel? That's amazing. <laughs> that, it, was, it was great. My friend Joanne Hines, um, who is the notable Irish designer, we've worked together for years and I've styled the show for her at London Fashion week so we go back quite a ways we're both Galway natives as well and she had asked me to model in one of her shows this was for the spring summer 18 collection for Dunn stores so um, yeah I obliged and it was great and um, uh, I got in touch with not another agency and we talked about exactly that about the lack of representation I feel for women in their 40s on the modeling scene. Yeah. Um, I think there is a great movement towards a greater representation and diversity and I think what we see with the advanced style movement is a lot of representation maybe from 60 upwards 
but a lot of women in their 40s, I think, and 50s tends to be the forgotten generation. And, um, you know, I just feel it's great to be able to champion women my own age. And as a fashion editor, I'm always delighted to be able to see older women leading the charge um, and image is great for that as well being able to see fantastic models on the front cover who who are that bit older and um, I just think it's 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 the time we live in now to see this this greater diversity and I'm happy to be a part of it we're happy that you're a part of it too. Um, Andy, you were also a face of the campaign. How did that feel for you? Yeah, it was really fun for me because everything I do is kind of food-based, um, obviously. So yeah, so it was really fun to do something so different. It was um, completely different to be kind of at the forefront of it rather than the food. Um, even kind of on my own platforms, I've only really in the last year started kind of showing more of me. So it was nice. It was really flattering as well, as you were saying. <laughs> it's funny to think of yourself in that way, but it was really nice to be included and I loved that it was such a different group of women, such a diverse range of ages and kind of career types and stuff. So it was really cool that they picked people that weren't necessarily in the fashion industry as well as those that were. Yeah, they were representative of real yeah. women. The other two women involved in the campaign were Angela Scanlon and Olivia Tracy, who were both also fabulous. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to tell us a little bit, both of you, about your personal style? I always think personal style is a really strange kind of term um, because I find it really hard to define. Certainly for me, I don't know what my personal style is. Do you both follow personal style? Do you kind of go shopping and think, oh, well, this is very Anne-Marie O'Connor, this is very indie, I'm going to buy that? I always see personal style as an evolution. And in my book, The Happy Closet, I document, um, or chronicle rather, my own personal style journey, which for the most part were a lot of... Uh, a lot of flaws, a lot of flawed decisions, a lot of trends, a lot of chasing things that um, other people, that I saw in other people or that I thought that I should wear rather than what actually suited me. And I think the more you get to know yourself and the more you keep tapping into that, it's a really good point that you made, is this really Dominique? I always say to clients, when they're looking at a closet full of clothes, you know, maybe 80% of which they don't wear, if you take out each piece and you think to yourself, is this very me? Or if you think back and you may have a friend or a sister or a partner who says, oh, that's, that's very you, then to keep a mental calcu calculation of those things mm -hmm. because they are the kind of um, the cornerstones of your own personal style, DNA. Mm -hmm. and, but I do think for the most part that it does change. So I know I'm not the per person I was three or five years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, you could have been living in a different country, you could have had a different career, you could have had twins. So, you know, your body changes, your lifestyle changes, and everything changes with you. So the circumstances of your life are very malleable, and I think personal <laughs> style is being cognizant of that and, you know, just bearing that in mind, but kind of knowing who you are at the core as well. Yeah. I hate it when people point to things and say, that's very you, and you kind of go, Really? I don't think that's me at all. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a compliment to you all the time? It's something awful and you're going, really? I think you have to be careful of who the truth the truth tellers are. That you know, you need to have people who genuinely know you yeah. who are saying, Oh no, you should wear that, that that's for you, you know. Would you have tips for shoppers for, for the ladies here today if they were going out and they want to find something in the shop? So how do you create your own personal style? Is that how you do? You just question who you are and what you like? We were talking about it earlier. Uh, Indy was showing me her app and I was getting really excited because I just got a new place and I'm moving into next week and I'm like oh I can cook and you know I always wind up forgetting things when I go to the supermarket but I never use that philosophy which is why I'm downloading her app because I'll never forget again but I always wind up making a list before I go shopping. Yeah so. I do that when I travel as well yeah. it sounds kind of 
over the top. But so if like, you make a list yeah. of what you were planning to wear with what, because you know when you open a suitcase sometimes and you're like, wait, was I going to, you know, and then you yeah. wear something, so then the next outfit is kind of ruined because you already wore that part. I make a little note on my phone, I text to myself sometimes. Yeah. Um, so the, the, doing it for shopping is a good For shopping, yeah. it's, it's, it's key, and I always say to clients, you need to shop with intent. Like, you know, the only window shopping you should be doing is if you're shopping for windows. So <laughs> this, is, this is for hardened kind of impulse buyers. So And for people maybe who just find shopping a bit more difficult, you know. So I say, like when I go through someone's closet, I'll always make a list with them. And, um, you know, we often tend to overlook the pieces that we need yeah. for the shiny and the sparkle. And it's great. And we love to have the fashion fairy dust. But sometimes there's a full on unicorn's hen party going on in our wardrobe. And we may need something <laughs> yeah. like a great pair of boots and a black dress and a black polo yeah. neck that you can rewear yeah. or that become the kind of glue for the more um, opulent, extravagant, um, decorative pieces, you know, <laughs> so. I definitely have a unicorn's hen party, <laughs> definitely. Indy, you've said that comfort is really key to your wardrobe. Yeah, so like by that I kind of mean, well obviously actual physical comfort is really important as well, but I kind of just mean um, things that make you feel self-confident. Like there's nothing worse than wearing something, you know, and you're kind of self-conscious of yourself and you just don't feel like you. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the main thing, like the stuff that you naturally gravitate to is not something to be ignored. I think it's a, you know, you should embrace yeah. the things that you really like and just try and maybe try and match them a little bit to trends and stuff, but it should be more about what, you know, you'll continue to like in a year yeah. or whatever. So you keep getting wear out of things instead of just that one night out top yeah. that you'll never wear again. Yeah. But yeah, so just feeling confident, I think is the most important thing. Anne-Marie, you described um, a, a few months ago, and I love this, trends as like salt, that you can put a little bit of salt on a meal and it makes everything more tasty, but if you put loads of salt on, it ruins the meal. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Do you incorporate trends? Are you like watching catwalks and thinking, oh yeah? Well, my job is to, to always obviously look at the trends and uh, and report on the trends yeah. and but part of what I do is how to wear them so there's a page we have um, in the Irish Examiner and I show visually different ways to incorporate a trend so to dial it down a bit and make it less scary but I think the most important thing is that trends there are the way I see it, there aren't trends, there are fads and expectations. There are trends that burn out like Roman candles and there are ones that keep coming back like the greatest hits every single year. So, you know, you have your leopard print, you have your gothic, you have, there's always something that you can rely on. Um, and then there are ones that are just crazy pants and then like die a death in a year and we think, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, so um, I, I think the most important thing is, as Indy said, to make sure that you're comfortable and to embrace that and not to feel that you need to eschew what is the essentially yourself to you know buy into trends or what people are telling you that you should wear the most important thing is that you know, when you read about trends, it's just a report. It's not a, a dictator. Yeah. It's someone like, else's opinion. It's someone well, else's but, yeah. opinion. And it's just saying what's currently out there. Here's a smorgasbord of trends. Choose what you will. So you don't need to eat everything at the buffet. You can just pick and choose as, as you will. And I really think they need to be, you know, you can fly with a trend that, you, that might only have a year's lifespan. Or you can go with pieces that, you know, if you don't like shopping that much and you want to be able to get used out of something, then you can go with something that you feel is going to give you long, more longevity. Yeah. But I think you have to just look at things. And there have been years when 
boho chic was really big and gypsy kind of um, tassely kimonos and stuff like that. And I just look like um, Stevie Nicks, you know, it's like the edge of 17 or like I must miss the bus to Nutbush City. I just can't do tassels and it's it's not my style. So, you know, you just go, okay, I'm going to opt out of this one. one. Yeah, yeah, sit that yeah. one out and wait until it, it has to, like Indy said, it has to make your heart sing. Yeah. It has to make you give you the fashion flutters and think, oh, this is something I really want to wear. Because essentially a wardrobe should give you that sense of, you know, you want to put on something yeah, that, you love. that you love and yeah. feel great in it and feel that you look good and not going, how <laughs> do yeah. I look like, you know, Pat Butcher or yeah. can I pull off this leopard print? <laughs> Unless you really love it, there's no point. I always say, you know, unless you want a private moment in the dressing room with that, you know, faux fur teddy, then you, you've just got to sit that one out. Yeah. I love the fashion flutters. That's really yeah. nice. <laughs> um, have you had any moments, if you, go, if you go back in your kind of fashion history, think about like the earliest fashion memory you have or, you know, working up, we all make mistakes as teenagers. We all make mistakes in the college years. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your kind of fashion journey, Indy? Um, I can't think of what my earliest memory is, but I definitely know my earliest disaster, <laughs> which was, I think I was maybe 11 or 12, and I was having a shopping day with my mum, and I was in BT2, and I thought I'd found like, literally the coolest pair of leather pants I'd ever seen, and she got them for me, and I wore them to school the next day, and I went to the bathroom, and it's, I think it was in fifth class, if I'm picturing the classroom, and I went to the bathroom and I could not get them off. It was full of Ross from friends. And I think, I felt like I was in there for three hours. I was probably in there for 10 minutes, but the teacher came <laughs> to the door. I was in there long enough for someone to notice. The teacher came to the door and I was like freaking out inside. I didn't want to tell her. So I was like, yeah, fine, fine, fine. And I had to wait there until my body cooled down. Oh, enough to no. to you need a talcum powder. That's yeah. what you needed. But it was actually like, it does happen. It's a thing. It's not just, it's not just friends. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm kind of scarred for life from tight leather trousers. <laughs> Did you always have a similar style? I feel like I can imagine you. Uh, yeah, I feel. Yeah, I think it's definitely changed in that I know much more now what I like, whereas I probably follow trends a lot more. You know, when you're in kind of secondary school and stuff, everyone looks the exact same. Yeah. And um, we even like you know you all have the exact same hair, you have the same shoes and clothes and stuff. So you don't really even experiment. It's just kind of if your friend has it, it's cool. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's changed in that way that I definitely don't look it like all my friends anymore. I know, I know myself, but it's still got similar vibes going on. I think. What about you, Amory? You must have had. I have a litany. <laughs> I have a litany. Um, I've so disaster or memory. Both. Both. Okay. Go disaster first. I'll, I'll go to disaster, and this is just. I remember I was. Um, I bought a sweater and it was mohair, which I don't wear anymore because it makes me itch, but it also goes everywhere. Yeah, it goes everywhere and makes nice. you perspire a lot. And I was going to a networking event where I knew nobody and it was a fashion and diamonds affair. And I arrived knowing absolutely zero. And I thought this is my opportunity to network, but nobody would speak to me. So there was a lot of, um, I think they were like stockbrokers and financial people, <laughs> things I didn't understand. So I had gone up to a woman and went to introduce myself, but I was sweating like Christy Moore at a fesh kill. I was like, it was so bad. There's I was, a sweat theme here. I was just sweating. And then it was like um, sweating like just above my lip. And I was like, hi, it's nice to meet you. And she's like, you've got a, your, the, my lipstick smeared. And then she was oh. like, I'm sorry, you know, you may need to fix your lipstick. And she turned around, she walked away. And I was just standing there and people were just looking at this girl who I had on my finger over my nose. I was like showing some curious love for Movember. And I was just like, 
I need to get out. I thought I was going to spontaneously combust. My face was turning red from embarrassment, but also just the heat. I was like generating enough heat for it to like, oh, I don't know, to light up the national grid. It was just, it was so mortifying. And I was like, peeled it off and then took a shower. I love it. You have to tie mohair and kind of the, the you kind do, of You do, you do. I've just realized I have to avoid it. That's just, yeah. it's, it's not my scene. And do you have an earliest fashion memory for us? I do. Like, I have my my grandmother and my mother are both seamstresses. My my grandfather actually was um, a cobbler, so and he he was a sailmaker as well. So there's always been a, a love for kind of quality. And you know, my grandmother knit a mean sweater, and she was hilarious because she was very judgmental. And she would be like, "Oh, hello, darling, that's lovely." And she'd take the hem and she'd look at it to see how well it was finished. Um, but I remember my earliest memory. I was about six. And I was always the tall girl in the class. And so my teacher had wanted me to be this, it was the chicken, some some chicken, some farm-based play we were doing. And the lead role was this chicken. And she's like, will you be the chicken? And I was like, dude, no. Because the costume was just, it was horrendous. It was this big feathery thing. And I remember thinking, I turned down the lead role in a play because of the outfit. And I insisted on being the cat. Uh, because the cat had hot pants and over-the-knee socks and cute little ears. And I remember thinking I was all about myself and I was meowing and crawling around the stage and I just thought, that's, sucker, that's you got the, the girl who got the lead part was so pleased and I was just like, no, the chicken outfit isn't worth it. You got the better outfit. <laughs> Um, you're both very involved and probably into you a little bit more in the kind of world of social media and the digital world of, of kind of fashion and just also being, as you said earlier, your personality being out there. Um, how do you think that that's kind of affected the world of fashion um, and kind of are you aware of who you are projecting out into the world because of the effect that it kind of has on people out there? I think with it's the whole kind of mainly Instagram of all the social media kind of platforms has definitely had a huge impact on the kind of fast fashion yeah. stuff that's that's such a hot topic at the moment because it's kind of you follow all these really cool people and they always look amazing and they never seem to rewear anything so you kind of that just seeps into your own kind of wardrobe and shopping habits yeah. that you kind of feel the same like oh I can't rewear that or at least not with the same people or if there's going to be a photo or so that has had a huge effect, I think. So it's really important now that it's become such a topic of discussion that people are being more honest about mm. it and trying to yeah. you know, focus more on investment pieces and more sustainable kind of things because it's really become just disposable. And I think that is because of the whole, you know, doing it for the gram, kind of taking pictures yeah. and just everyone you follow. Like no, none of the fashion people that I follow, I don't think I've ever seen them rewear anything so yeah fast fashion is a is a really it's a really interesting topic I know you've written about as well Anne-Marie part of what I do and part of my philosophy is wardrobe wellness and not only you know what you wear how it makes you feel but also as Indy rightly said you know you have a washing machine it's okay to wear the same thing twice um, and I actually have a remarkably small wardrobe I'm packing up my house at the moment to, to move house and I have more books than I have clothes <laughs> so there's nothing better than doing a big wardrobe per yeah it exactly. feels so good and the one in one out rule is something that I'm really trying to do but it, it is so hard you kind of feel like a hoarder don't buy anything unless you're willing to get rid of something to make space for it so like you should have a kind of capsule collection and um, so I kind of have it in the back of my mind I'm not saying that I'm good at it but, but it's a really good thing to aim for because it's true like you don't need yeah. 40 sweaters and your, your brain can only process seven bits of information at any one time um, so yeah so if you've got this glut of choice it's that's what causes the stress accepting who you are 
as you are now is one of, I think, what everyone cha is challenged with, is loving yourself as you are. And I, I preach that to people only because I've been through it myself. And I do a lot of talks about the happy closet. And people always get, I can see them getting tense when I have my Oprah moment. <laughs> so you need to love yourself as you are today. Because um, when I clear out closets with people, I had a client, um, actually, I won't go there. I had many women yeah. struggle between clothing that um, used to dress the person that they were rather than who they are today. So we often hold on to things because of the emotional charge it has. Mm -hmm. So it could be a dress that make, made you feel bulletproof but doesn't fit you anymore, you know, but it's just like buy a larger dress. So that's what I kind of subscribe to. I, um, I've experienced clients in the past who've swung between two sizes, maybe like a 10 and a 16, or, or something like that, you know, and they've set on like a 12 and they're, instead of being happy at 12, 14, they're like, no, I'm going to get back down to a 10. I say, okay, what are you wearing at the moment? And they'll point to that moldy tracksuit in the corner and say that. And I'm like, that is like, you know, that's not a form of self-care. That is like, that's terrible. Like you need to, yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to lose the weight. And I'm like, yeah, but you may not lose the weight. Mm. Our hormones, our bodies, life has a funny way of throwing us curveballs. And if you do well and good, you can buy yourself new stuff. Mm. But you need to still dress who you are in this moment. Mm. And I always find that's the biggest challenge for myself still. And it's something that I have to check in with all the time. But I only preach that to people because I go through it myself. And the more I've thrown away the clothes that don't fit me and bought myself clothes that do, the more I've just been more relaxed about things. And I still have to check in and say, it's important what I think about myself, not what others think or what size I should be. Yeah. And invariably, other people don't care. <laughs> or <laughs> notice. Or no notice. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a big thing, you know. Yeah. So. And Indy, as a, as a kind of health food um, writer and blogger, it must be something that you're aware of too, kind of looking out. Yeah, I think people definitely do expect you to always kind of only have good days and stuff. So, but more so, I find that that, for me, it's not really, because it's not a fashion-focused thing, it's not really that people would expect me to wear something good. It's more like about weight or skin or something, you know, people would expect that you're always glowing and stuff and, yeah. oh no, I have a breakout, you know, that kind of thing. But... I think at the same time people kind of know because I try to always just show what's actually happening and, and be realistic about things and that it's all about balance. So I don't think that I kind of uphold those stereotypes that it's, that it's okay when people see that I do have a spot. <laughs> but yeah, there definitely is the kind of always sparkling, always glowing kind of expectation. Yeah, who always sparkles and glows? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> um, we have a segment on Smart Casual called 20s versus 40s yes, that normally it's, it's fabulous <laughs> that Neve and Marie look after. Um, but I thought it'd be interesting to get your guys' opinion. Um, I was thinking what's kind of an item now that a lot of people will be seeing in shops uh, that they might be picking up and I went to a sequin skirt in my head I kind of imagine you know Christmassy party season and I was interested to hear put you on the spot now <laughs> but how you would both style a sequin skirt what colour is it? Um, <laughs> hypothetical skirt it can be any colour it can be any colour I have silver in my head because I actually recently yeah, got close. a silver skirt I kind of just want to know how you'd style me <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think I would probably wear it with kind of an oversized high neck knit, kind of loosely tucked in, mm -hmm. um, kind of ankle booties 
and a long coat, but I keep the legs bare. I'm a real bare legs girl, even in winter. So, mm. but if you're wearing a long coat, um, I think that looks so nice. Sometimes it's really flattering with kind of ankle boots. Okay, gotcha. Amory. I would wear it with a man's shirt, kind of loosely tucked in, just like a white shirt and a pair of heels. I keep nice. it really simple, so just to kind of dial down the sparkle of it. What colour would the heels be? Um, black. Yeah. yeah, or like, or metallic. Actually, that's a good question. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> My colour skirt would be black. <laughs> I'm changing the script. <laughs> Caught on that. Um, I think that about wraps us up. I'm not sure where we are on time. Um, but I think, that I think, does anyone have any questions actually? Will we go for a few questions? Um, I was wondering, you were talking about uh, fashion memories, but I was wondering, is there any item you've worn at any stage in your life that brings back incredible <laughs> memories, that really evokes joy yeah. um, and brings you back to a certain time? It's a nice question. Yeah, it's a really nice question. <laughs> I, my, my dad's clattering. Um, it's the piece that if there was a fire in my house, I'd, I'd just pick that and go. Um, I think everything for me has... I try to make sure it brings a sense of joy, even if it's just like, I, the thing that I love the most in my blazer, is in my wardrobe rather, is a blazer that I have from Maj, and it's so well cut, and I wear it with everything, and I always feel put together with it on. I think everything has a like, you know, I've worn things to events and stuff like that, but it's weird, a bit like Indy was saying, it's, it's kind of the pieces that give me the most joy are those that I wear every day. So I, I, I kind of would go the with that. Things, yeah, the yeah. dependable things. I'm, I always feel quite sad. I have a pair of shoes um, from Dries Van Noten that I, I bought nine years ago in a sale, half price, and they're Perspex heels, and I've never had to have them resold. But my feet have changed. Um, I don't know how, but the kind of just my feet have widened, or the, I find it really difficult to wear heels now. I have to wear like a block heel. Um, and even at that, I can't wear them for very long. I've, I can't wear them anymore and it's oh. killing me. And I'm like, I'm gonna make them into plant holders. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm trying to think of something to do. It's like, can I hang them off the balcony? I'm not getting rid of them. That's the only thing that I actually refuse to part with, yeah. I saw someone recently who actually framed a pair of shoes and had them like, kind of, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I thought they were kind of crazy as well. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Indy? Um, I think probably the most special thing that I have is a handbag that was the first kind of nice purchase I bought myself with my first kind of real paycheck and stuff. So that's something that, you know, when if I'm not using it, I used to use it every day, now I kind of ration it a bit. But I have it up on my, kind of on top of my wardrobe and it's kind of a nice pat on the back whenever I see it. So that's probably... Those pieces are great when you reward yourself. Yeah, exactly. I, think they're really I know you important. feel kind of guilty at the time, but if... I spent ages as well thinking what I wanted and you know it was my dream bag and it's kind of timeless. So. Self-gifting. Yeah, exactly. It's the best kind of gifting. Yeah. <laughs> Can I answer what my piece is? <laughs> I recently re-wore my wedding dress which was just the nicest thing to do. It was one that I'd worn for a, my civil ceremony and it's an Elizabeth and James dress white down to the knee but then with loads of pink ostrich feathers Amazing. so mine's like the opposite of yours mine isn't my get wear every day it's, yeah. it's a pink <laughs> feathery dress <laughs> but so still you, you can wear it um yeah i know god i i wouldn't be i wouldn't your, be beyond it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah indie's chunky knit <laughs> does anyone else have any questions what's uh, acceptable and trendy in office wear now 
it's a good question. It's a good question um, because I don't work in an office. <laughs> I haven't done for, for 10 years, but I always think uh, officeware has changed. And the best um, definition of what to wear came from a friend of mine who said, what you wear to work should, um, in particular, if you're looking, I suppose, to climb the ladder and you're in the early stages, would you need to dress so that what you wear is a non-issue. And I think what she meant by that is, um, you know, not to introduce too many trends. And so I think always playing it safe in an, in an office environment, it depends on, you know, what you wear in Google versus what you wear in, you know, to, to a law firm is completely different. So there's always going to be, A, acknowledge the company culture, uh, because what you're doing is representing their values, not your own. Um, and then if it's you know, a more creative field, obviously you've got carte blanche, but that can bring its own set of issues because it's like, oh, I have to up my game every single time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it's great to wear a lovely sweater, like a cashmere sweater and a pencil skirt. I am mad about trousers, even though I'm wearing a dress today, like a black dress, you know, and a pair of boots, something like this. It depends on what the, it really does depend, I do research into the company, but I always think it's like being as presentable as possible um, and not really currying favorite trends. I think it can be really distracting, for, in particular if you're in a meeting or something like that, if you've got a pair of, you know, fantastic decorative earrings on, that's great, but maybe save that for drinks afterwards, you know? So I think it's just, as Coco Chanel always said, before you leave the house, remove one accessory. And I always think when it comes to workwear, it seems like the safe option, um, but it's always the best option. Unless you work in image. <laughs> Indy, what about you? Well, I work um, from home in the kitchen, so I probably wear gym gear four days a week, oh. which is definitely not acceptable for most offices. Yeah, no, it's nice, but it kind of makes me appreciate much more than when I can, you know, get dressed up and stuff. I, I definitely have more of an interest in fashion now that I spend less time in clothes, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> does anyone else take one more question? Yeah, one that I absolutely love is Reformation. Um, I don't know if you know them, but yeah, they have uh, an amazing store in New York that I went to last year, but also a really good website. And everything on their website I would happily own. Um, but unfortunately, I don't. But um, yeah, they're really, really good. And that's their main focus from the start. They've been like that. So um, they put a huge emphasis even on kind of the staff that they use and um, fair practices and stuff. But their stuff is absolutely gorgeous. It's more expensive, but again, they're kind of more invested in things that you'll rewear. What about you, Amory? Vintage. I've, I've a bit of a soft spot for vintage clothing. Um, and I think vintage clothing tends to scare people off because they think, a lot of people think of the sizing and that maybe it's not for them and it evokes images of costumes rather than personal style. But I think if you go to the right stores, um, there is a place in Cork called Miss Daisy Blue that I go to quite a bit and Brita curates the, the edit. So in other words, she already, she brings in styles that are very wearable, um, kind of on the daily. And if you go into her and say, look, this is my style, this is what I'm, I'm looking to achieve, or I'm going to a wedding, she'll be able to help you. You know, all their staff is, are really clued in 
on you know the on what's coming in on what will suit different bodies uh, body shapes and styles and stuff like that so i think the important thing is to always engage with the shopkeeper and um, not be afraid to ask because they're really the gatekeeper to the various styles and they're all also the, the the knowledge base really so if it's your first foray into vintage then definitely maybe do a bit of research on the there's a great place as well in dublin called dirty fabulous and there is akin to evening wear and what have you. But uh, yeah, do the research and I think it's great because they'll, they'll find the pieces. They're a bit more expensive than the average, but they're pieces that are hand-picked for a reason. Yeah, I was to say there there are quite a few sustainable kind of brands um, now and more and more. But I also think a lot of what's kind of we've been talking about, which is important, is to think more about uh, investment pieces and yeah. to buy, you know, to really think about what you're buying mm. and buy less generally. Yeah, I think if you're if you're trying something yeah. on, to try and have it in your mind, not just you know will it work for tomorrow night, but yeah. how will I wear it after that? Can I think of two more ways? that I'd wear it, that I'd style it, and if you could, then it's something that's worth the place in your wardrobe. Kind of. And I think if you're shopping for a specific event, you need to bring the items with you. Um, yeah, the shoes, yeah, the shoes, always forget the underwear. Yeah. If you're going to wear Spanx, wear the Spanx. I know they're probably uncomfortable for the day you go shopping, but they will be what you're wearing on the day. So bring the high heels, yeah. bring whatever it is that you feel that you need. If it's a top that you need to match, a pair of trousers to bring the top with you. Yeah. Yeah. Just come prepared and it's just going to save you a lot of steps. Yeah, I also say to buy Irish where you can as well. I think it's always important and nice yeah. to support Irish brands. Um, so I think that leaves us a nice place to wrap up. Um, so thank you so much to all you very well-behaved and quiet audience. Um, and thank you to Indy Power and Anne-Marie O'Connor. This was a really fascinating chat. Um, I would also like to thank Floral Image Dublin, who provided the beautiful flowers with us here today. Um, and I would like to, of course, thank Kildare Village, our gorgeous hosts. Um, and finally, I'd like to ask you all to rate, review and subscribe to Smart Casual. Um, the episode will be out on Wednesday, so you can listen to it uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And finally, we have some lovely goodie bags for you all, which you can pick up on your way out. So thank you so much for coming and have a lovely day.